Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, we're back with part two of our interview with Paul Shercliffe, and you can find more about him at paulshercliffe.org or at shirky17 on Twitter. And after listening to part one, I'm so excited about some of the great ideas and, and more great questions and answers and discussions that we're going to share here on part two of this interview. But a lot of what you're talking about is what we've really been trying to, trying to get across so much in, in recent years is that every kid is very unique. Every kid is uh, going to learn differently. Um, and, it, and it's so important that we as educators, just like, just like we don't want to create a maker space that's the exact same in every single school, um, we need to be able to modify and adjust the same thing based on every single kid is, is going to approach a problem differently and, and approach learning differently. What individualized learning plans for every kid in a school? Uh, we're speaking. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about here, Paul. Uh, here's another great question that a lot of people ask. Um, we just got a grant. Uh, what should we buy? Um, I, I, know, I know you know tons and tons of great tools and resources and ideas, but what if you had to boil it down to just like the top couple of things that you would, you would expect are the best ways to get some making going in, in any classroom? I know you mentioned cardboard earlier, of course. <laughs> it depends. And that's why, like you said, like we said, not every school is going to have the same makerspace. There we go. Yep. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got to see what they already have. Yeah. They might have a lot of stuff. It depends on what devices they have mm-hmm. for the kids. Do they even have devices? If they don't have devices, that's a whole completely different set of, of maker materials. Mm-hmm. You know, what's their, what's their culture? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I say we need to get hot plates and cookware, because mm-hmm. baking is making. Oh yeah, cooking, cooking is making every 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 lesson can have food involved in it. Definitely. Um, it, do they have a culture that said, "Yeah, that was good." Yeah, um, you know that would that works best in multicultural. I mean, literally multicultural um, environments yeah. where they can all share something about their their history, their traditions. Yep. Um, uh, others are going to say, "Well, it's got to be a ro- it's got to be a robot. You got to tell us the right the right robot to buy because mm-hmm. you know our kids are geniuses and they need the right robot." Um, so that's, that's again, back to the educational coaching, yeah. we got to have conversations, but yep. some th- some of the basic things that, that I really love the low cost, low tech kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, is really, is really great. You know, if you're getting cardboard, you need some tools to work with cardboard. Mm-hmm. You always want to work with cardboard. You also want to work with paper. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Even if, even if you have a laser cutter, which I love laser cutters because they're quick and easy to use. We can get so much stuff out of them. You get 2D and 3D. Yep. Um, you should be prototyping in paper yeah. before you get to using acrylic on the laser. Right. Um, so we've got to be designing on paper with paper, cutting things out, you know, in cardboard. Um, the craft cutters, the Cricut and the Cameo mm-hmm. that run between $200 and $400. I think every school should have a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets us into... 2D design where measurements matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we wonder why kids can't measure. They've done 17 worksheets on measuring. Why don't they remember any of them? Because <laughs> it didn't matter. 
Yeah. It was not in context. I mean, that's yeah. the, the thing about maker is you're learning what the purpose you're learning in con in context when you're building something and it, and it doesn't go together because the measurements are wrong. You're yeah. going to learn how to measure now. <laughs> um, so, so I love cricket and cameo and you know, I was late to those. I was just a couple years ago. I started it, you know, mm -hmm. playing with one. It's like, my gosh, this, you know, crafters use it to build, make cards and stuff, but you can use it to make stuff for your bulletin board, vinyl decals, iron-ons. Mm -hmm. I never knew there was, there was heat transfer vinyl until I went to one school and that was a part of a business they were, the kids were doing, literally the kids had a business. There we go. That and that's sign making and t-shirt making. And, and some of those types of things, those connections where kids can, can not just make stuff uh, to turn it in as a project, but make stuff that actually serves a, a purpose. They can sell, they can create, you know, profit, and then they can put that back into and buy more resources, materials. It's exactly what they were doing. And they, they had a, a good enough makerspace that were run by a couple kids. Well, mm -hmm. not run, but it was a class. And then mm -hmm. some other kids got to also help with some of the stuff that yeah. had already learned it, were doing it. Um, so it was design and making was signs. So they had a big vinyl printer, you know, a, a 36 inch mm -hmm. vinyl printer. Um, and they did t-shirts. They did, the kid was happy with about, he got to do his own, he got to detail his own car. Oh, wow. With, with some vinyl stuff. <laughs> they had a car at the Indy 500 that they did the vinyl signage for. That's awesome. I tell you what, so, when, when things like that happen, that's, I mean, Think of every one of us back to your own educational experience. Those, those are the things that you remember because they were monumental. They were emotion connected to that learning. Those, I, I can guess that those kids that detailed on, on an Indy 500 car, that's the thing they remember. Yeah. And, and so then everything that they did to, had to learn to get to there, they remember too. They, gave, they told a story that there's a local sign company that the teacher had it was a friend that ran the local sign company and that sign company would send them business because he would say, he would tell customers of his, well, I can get you that in eight weeks. Mm -hmm. But if you go to the high school, they'll get it to you in two weeks because I'm just too busy and they're not as busy as I am. And <laughs> the customers awesome. are like, really? You said, yeah, it's going to be just, it's going to be a little bit less. You're supporting the community. You're supporting your schools and they do great work. That's awesome. So yeah, I mean, that's, I love that extension of where makerspace can go is that it reaches out into, into the community. Yeah. The kids are making for a purpose and uh, for, for entrepreneurship. They learn that. I mean, a friend and I had this, this crazy thought that we, you could center a school completely around running a monthly farmer's market. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely could. And just think of, of all the content that you could do. I mean, literally, the kids would, have, would be producing everything for the, the, the farmer's market. Yeah. And so, that's, so now you're talking hydroponics and aquaponics. Mm -hmm. You're talking baking. You're, you're talking clothes. You're talking upcycling. You're talking promotion. Mm -hmm. Because you have to, you're talking money. You could, and I would say, you know, bring in, a, some, bring in some, a couple of other vendors you know, get some other experts to, to help you and be part of it, mm -hmm. but still have the majority of it be student-run booths. You need music. You need entertainment at the, at the farmer's market. You're, you're talking stages at both ends where now you've got plays and skits and kids performing. Yeah. You could do a book club every month. And so the community could come talk about, chat about a book. You've got babysitting. You've got, you just, everything could be yeah. centered around 
running a monthly farmer's market. Yeah. Yeah, you could. Uh, uh, it just blows the mind. I mean, that, that things like that. But, but again, we're talking about that would be a gigantic paradigm shift uh, for, for people to, to say, I'm willing to take the risk and do something completely different in my class. Now, I, you know, most, most educators listening are not going to be able to say, okay, let's turn our school into a giant farmer's market. But right. is there something that you can redesign in your own classroom right now that would, like you mentioned, Paul, it could connect all those different aspects. And again, a lot of that builds off of what is, what is a need in your community? What is, what is something that could be done to help uh, your classroom, your school, your community? And, and, and often, again, working around the culture uh, in your local area as well. Kids want to help other people. Yeah. They, they really do. They do. And no matter what, it, what you can find, help let them find it. They've got issues that they want to solve. Mm-hmm. And it's, it could be homeless. It could be hungry. It could be drinking water in another country. It could be mm-hmm. drinking water in your city. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, kids want to do that. They, they really have empathy for the world. Yeah. And so giving them the avenue to do that helps everything else. Yeah. You know, we get, we get too stuck in the 110 academic content standards that we have to cover. <laughs> right. You know, for the, for the year, that's the problem. Those academic content standards have, have no, no meaning, no context. You'll find out you got to start with one lesson. Yep. You got to start with one set of topics you want to cover mm-hmm. and, and change it to be a maker centered. Then you'll see how well that works that the kids are more engaged. The kids are more empowered. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very difficult for teachers. I understand that. So you, you have to understand, you have to be able to deal with a little bit of mess, mm-hmm. a little bit of noise, yeah. a, a, a little bit of mass confusion. Yep. Not giving kids on. Giving, giving up, up a little bit of curl. Yeah. <laughs> not every kid's at the same place at the same time. They're not all on number seven on the worksheet. Oh. You, 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 that's, I understand that's tough. It was easy for me because mm-hmm. I was a coach mm-hmm. and I had years of practice as a coach where no, not I, there's a guard doing this there's a tackle doing this there's a tight end doing this. The quarterbacks, doing, they're all doing different things, but it's all for the team to get to be successful. That's a, that's a great analogy, Paul. And that's, that is hard. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I understand, not everybody feels comfortable with con- other content area. Mm-hmm. They're, they're struggling enough with their own content area, mm-hmm. which is tough because it changes all the time and standards change all the time. Yeah. But to be able to say, yes, we're going to, you know, the English teacher, I want you to incorporate a little bit of science into your English language arts. They're really like, what? Yeah. There's a reason I went into English. I don't understand, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. But I was, breaking, breaking down some of those barriers is, is, is important. Being willing to, again, to, to take a risk and try something and get out of your comfort zone. And you, something you said earlier, Paul, uh, teachers are, need to be doing just as much learning as the kids are doing. And that, yes, it's learning. And that's the, the great thing about uh, Maker. If you're, not a, if you're not a learner, you're not getting anywhere. Yeah. Um, cool. You know, they got to find a part, they got to find a partner in crime if they want to <laughs> get started. Yeah. And, you know, our schedule, the schedule of the day doesn't really allow them that very well. Hmm. You know, if they want to, and that's why I never really partnered with other teachers hmm. in my, in my building is because the schedule just didn't fit. Cause even if it was just my two geometry classes that I had, 
Mm-hmm. It want, some, sometimes those 50, 60, 70 kids weren't all with the same English teacher. Right. They weren't yeah. all with the same history teacher. Yeah. So the, so the idea of collaborating with another teacher, it gets tough in high school mm-hmm. because we've siloed things and we've got this broken up schedule. Yeah. So it's hard. Yeah. Got to do something. Yeah. And, and I think that also proves again, Paul, there's, there's so much potential for change, so much potential um, to do things different. And again, maybe just a simple change, maybe just a simple one thing that you're doing in your classroom, one unit, one topic, uh, communicate with one other teacher in your school. Um, definitely. Those are great ways to begin. Yeah. You got, you start, how, how do you, how do you, you know, a thousand mile journey begins with the first step. Yep. You know, English, you know, English language is always like to say, well, how would I ever incorporate making into mm-hmm. the class? Well, do you do poetry? Yeah. Okay, great. Well, the kids now, instead of just writing poems and making poems and putting them on a nice little eight and a half by 11 and turning it into you, they now have to work with a friend to find some imagery that goes along with the poetry. Yeah. And we need to, we need to buy a, a now here's where we got to get into tools. We need to buy a large format printer a uh-huh. 24 or 36 inch printer and they're going to make posters. You're going to put yeah. the posters in the hallway with, with, with their, with their poems yeah. and with the imagery. So now they've collaborated, they've created, you think the kids are going to remember that, that idea of poetry. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, you know, magnetic poetry is another concept for English language that you, you just put words on something that's got a magnet on it. Mm-hmm. And this could be, you could just write it, you know, word by word kind of thing. Or if you got a laser cutter, you could cut them in acrylic and put a magnet on it. Or if you got a, you know, cricketer cameo, you cut out of vinyl or cardboard. Yep. And but one word at a time, and you just throw all these words up on a board, and say, start grabbing words and make make some poetry. Make yeah. a diamante. Make a cane. Make a, you know, if you're teaching them about po- the different forms of poetry. So, yeah. wow, they now have to create and think and design and it's yeah. physical. Yeah. Because that's the other important thing. It, it can't just be mental. Right. right. It, it doesn't bridge both sides of the brain if it's just write a poem for me. Right. And write or, it on white paper. Yeah. Or another thing that just popped to my, my mind, Paul, is uh, doing it somehow with stop motion and, and where like the words are revealing uh, themselves in, in some very artistic way. And maybe, maybe the meaning of the poem uh, comes out differently when you have uh, different words revealed at different times. Uh, there's just so many different ways that, that we can do things uh, to get kids learning. Right. And that's where you know, a lot of places say you've got to incorporate technology. And well, that's the idea of incorporating technology to actually further something, yeah. not just to have something. Yeah. Uh, it, like I said, stop motion. Yeah, it'd be a great way that they could could deal with that. We did. Uh, kids had to make a slideshow in physics about scientists stuff one time, and they decided to do. One group decided to do paper slides, and so they printed everything out on eight and a half by eleven, and they laid them all out in the hallway on the floor, and they took the iPad and just walked down the hallway with them, oh. and you know talked about the talked about that scientist, and went to next talked about that scientist, talked about that scientist. Like, yeah, that's fine. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and again, kids are so creative. If we give them that opportunity to be creative, uh, they, will, they will always blow our minds and come up with 15 different things that we never even thought of. And, and that's, that's part of it. What if it goes wrong, though? Uh, well, it will. What if, what, if, what, if, what if they don't get it right? It'll, they're still going to learn something from it. What so. if they didn't complete it? 
Hey, Paul, quit, quit doing what ifs, all right? Uh, again, uh, so excited uh, we've been able to chat with Paul Shercliffe today. Again, I, I can't recommend enough that people check out paulshercliffe.org and uh, at Shirky17 on Twitter to find or ask him a question. Uh, if you're like, I wonder what would be a great cart to get uh, to make some of my makerspace materials portable or uh, I'm trying some make, uh, micro bit stuff uh, do you got a resource? Do you know uh, an idea? Paul is just uh, just a, a wealth of information. I can't I can't recommend enough. Uh, but I do want to ask you, Paul, just uh, real quick here at the end, um, if you could have somebody from from STEM, past or present, come into a classroom and and just inspire kids. Who who would that be? There's a lot of people because mm -hmm. it depends on what and where and when kind of thing. But there's one kind of that sticks out to me, uh, Leonardo da Vinci, mm -hmm. that he's. Uh, he wasn't a one a one trick pony. He wasn't just a one shot no, deal. No. I mean, he's a designer. He's an engineer. He's an artist. And he, he came up with such great future thought yeah. on designs of things that couldn't even be made yet. Mm -hmm. And they're like, "What the heck is that?" I said, "Don't worry. Someone down the line is going to be able to make this when you know technology improves." But just being able to talk to to someone like that—that's you know the the true Renaissance man kind of thing that does. Mm -hmm. A whole bunch of things and I, I think that's we need to help teachers become those renaissance people yeah that they're not siloed and that they break their silos and they can do a little bit of art and english a little mm -hmm. bit of history and math and music and because if we can weave those connections mm -hmm. it, it makes the learning so much better and you know da vinci just he was he was a blend of all of that yeah yeah so and again I mean, that's it's a lot like what we we're talking about basically uh, throughout uh, this whole episode, Paul. It's just talking about um, helping kids to realize that all these different subjects, they all go together. And, and the more that we can do that, and I love that word you use, Paul, to weave those things together. Uh, you think of anything that's woven, you look at it, you see it's all seamlessly put together and it makes just this incredible masterpiece. And, and that's what education, our goal as educators should be. That's, we'd, we would love to have a class where if the admin came in or someone from the public came in and said, what subject are you learning? And the kid would look at him like, what do you mean? We're learning all sorts. Of, it's, uh, that, that, that question has no meaning to them because it's not just math. It's math, history, English, science. It's, it's just everything all just there. They can't, the kids can't separate it. Yeah. I'm learning. That's the, that'd yeah. be the good answer. I'm learning how to change the world there because the, these kids are literally going to make the future. Yeah, they are. If we let them and if we show them, if we, if we allow them to find their passions and to find their interests, mm -hmm. that's what we need to be doing more of. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing so many great ideas and, and really so many answers and, and, and admonition really to just try something new try something different um, and be willing to, to take some, some big steps in education. Thank you for joining us, uh, Paul, today. Thanks for having me, Chris. It was great talking with you, as always. Yeah. And uh, again, uh, definitely check out paulshercliffe.org or at Shirky17 on Twitter. And of course, those are in the show notes as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, your favorite podcast app, and leave a review so more educators can find all the great guests like Paul and, and learn so many more great ideas for adding all these aspects that really just make learning better in your classroom and your community and just keep up the great work educators.